0: everyone. Welcome to Navigating Business, a business podcast hosted by the US PAC, or US Pan Asian American Chamber of Commerce, in collaboration with the Community Navigator Pilot Program, or CNPP, brought to you by the US Small Business Administration, or SBA. I'm Saint Hung, your host, CEO of Universal Processing, one of the national spokes under US PAC for this CNPP program. This is my third time hosting Navigating Business, where we hear from prominent Asian-American and minority-owned business owners who share about their experiences, their backgrounds, their struggles, their trials and tribulations on how they reached success. Today, we are honored to be joined by one of the most active Asian-American advocates from Dallas, Texas. Let me allow Mr. John Yi to introduce himself further.
1: Hello, my name is John Yi. I was actually born in South Korea. I came to America when I was one years old. So basically, born and raised out here in Texas. I currently, have a donut shop. I'm an agent for Affordable Care Insurance, and I'm also currently the project coordinator for the CMPP
0: program. Wow, that's a lot of hats. That's a lot of hats. Thank you. <laughs> so you're here since one. You look very young. It's been at least 30 years you're here in this country, right? Oh, 40. 40. Okay, I couldn't tell. (laughs) I appreciate that. It's hard with Asians these days. That was an awesome introduction. Let's get into your backstory first. How did you get started? I mean, you wear many hats, donut shop, insurance, community advocate. Tell us more about yourself. So,
1: I mean, basically, I was a sales agent, started door-to-door. That was my first sales job. I traveled to the East Coast. I did Verizon Telecom with AT&T, many other Fortune 500 companies. I did that for about 10 years. Decided it's a little bit of change. Instead of working for the corporations, I wanted to start my own business. Okay. So I came back home to Texas. So me and my family came together. We opened up our first donor shop in Nasal. Then I opened up my second one out in Keller, Texas. Oh, wow. Okay. So I had two at one point, but I did have to sell my Keller one because we had a situation where my parents' house caught on fire. Oh, so. Wow. How to sell the donut shop so they could just rebound back on their feet,
0: which is more important. Of course, family first, family first. But John, even before that, what is your story as an immigrant and how did you acclimate to becoming an American? What was that process like after being one. Did you travel here with mom and dad? Yeah, it was
1: mom and dad and my brother. It was kind of tough because you know how it is when the parents come out here. I mean, it's all work. So they had to sacrifice day and night, two jobs just to support us, to get us to school, put food on the table, put clothes on our backs. So it was pretty tough for the first couple of years. You know what I'm saying? Just to get acclimated. Okay. That's a journey with everybody. Uh, We call it a roller coaster ride.
0: So you got to enjoy the ups and downs in life. It's always tumultuous. You are absolutely correct. And did that story start in Texas and continue in Texas? Correct. I've been here my whole life. 40 years in Texas? Yes, sir. (laughs) Wow. Wow. But I did did travel and live in the East Coast for 10 years, so. Oh, you did? Yes, sir. Was this during the time with, I think you mentioned Verizon? Correct. Correct. Okay. That's when I was working in Albany, Buffalo,
1: Syracuse, Brooklyn, Bronx, Queens, Maryland, New Jersey, and Virginia.
0: Oh, wow. That's another mouthful. (laughs) You've seen a lot of the U.S., Yes, sir. That's great. That's great. What made you decide to uh, settle down back in Texas? I just wanted to change. I was like, you know what? Work this hard. I
1: wanted to try something different. wanted to start mm-hmm. my own business, even though I know that it's going to be a bumpy ride. But I was up for the challenge. I had my donut shop for probably about eight years. It was a challenge. But okay. it's still up and running, even with the pandemic going up and down, up and down right now.
0: Yeah, congratulations. I'm still, I'm still what, what was that like? How did you overcome? I mean... I have to imagine a lot of people aren't really that concerned about getting donuts when there's 100%. a pandemic going around. It was tough. Everything dropped. The revenue dropped.
1: Because, I mean, we couldn't open up inside, too, just because I caught COVID three times from customers. So, I mean, it affected me opening up the shop, too, as well. So, oh, wow. it was a battle. But luckily, we have a drive through here. So, that's what kept us alive. I talked to a lot of donut shop owners, too, because I was part of the donut association. And owners that didn't have a drive through they ultimately shut down.
0: So oh, wow. Must be really challenging. challenging. Yes, okay. sir. So you had mentioned something about a store burning down?
1: No, my you parents' house caught on fire. Oh, okay. That's why I sold my shop out in Keller because I had my first one in Azel and then I mm-hmm. sold the one in Keller just so they don't have to deal with none of the headaches because you know how the process with claims
0: and stuff with insurance is, it's, it's a long process. So Understood, understood. So now you're back to owning one shop. Correct. Plus you've got your work at the law offices as well. i know known that personally, right? As Correct. Well so
1: I help him out a little bit too, but also mainly I'm an agent for an insurance company. So we do health insurance nationwide.
0: Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. Because I know if your participation as a spoke, could you please tell the viewers how your participation and collaboration with the CNPP or the Community Navigator Pilot Program came to be?
1: See, how I got introduced, I was actually working for the Queen Association of Fort Worth for okay. about two years from 2019, a little bit over two years. And then from that point on, I got introduced into this program and I was like, why not? Because that's the main thing that the reason why I wanted to join the SBA, the CMPP, the US PAC program is -hmm. to help all the underserved people because I was underserved too at one point. And without any direction, we don't know where to go. Me jumping in and getting inside information to help any small business that's underserved, it's a 100% go for me. So,
0: Absolutely. I completely get it. Just like I had mentioned in a prior episode about my experiences growing up as an asian american does that resonate with you as well growing up as an asian american having to fight past some of the barriers the cultural barriers that you needed Correct. to experience and now being able to serve and give back through your participation in the community navigator pilot program what are your thoughts about that and what are your own experiences
1: well the program is it's incredible first of all just because like i said we're able to access people with resources to help them out loans grants I actually refer a lot of clients to what you do for universal processing. We appreciate that. Thank you. That's a key thing, too, because a lot of these business owners, they need help. And that's why there's nobody to help to have us as a resource and tool to actually sharpen them so they can have it open more doors for for success for them because it's hard. That's why I joined the program, because it's not easy to start a business. So I know how it is, how tough it is, and no one knows where to go. So if we have someone to point what direction to go out to, that's going to be the ultimate goal for me to help my clients out so they get their ultimate success
0: Absolutely. And you also had mentioned there were some community resources like the Donut Association. Is right, right. I, I didn't know one existed, but I'm sure there's given one the in text- Texas and one in yeah. Oklahoma. So, oh, it's pretty big. So basically what that
1: is, too, because a lot of immigrants, they come to the Donut Association because they can't speak English. There's a language barrier. So they come to these organizations. So, of course, they're going to help them out. It's almost like a chamber.
0: Like a chamber of commerce Correct. For correct. donut helps, businesses.
1: Correct. It helps them out with anything, like how to get their license set up, how to pass their inspection, how to pass all their tests, their fees. We try to introduce your company to them, too. So in the beginning, we went to about four to five of them, and we introduce your company to them. So Thank you. Appreciate yes, it.
0: As a uh, payment processing platform, we are all about serving the underserved businesses. So I totally understand. You walk into a bank, the bank member is most likely just going to try to refer this account and that account and yep. sell you all sorts of widgets and sell you all sorts of technology that you might or might not need. Whereas we just get to the heart of it and we say, hey, what's your pricing like? What do you actually need? Oh, you need technology? We'll give it to you. So right. we appreciate you linking us up with the business owners that need the help the most. But and That's why the
1: immigrants feel more comfortable with people like us because they feel like just like you said, someone's going to oversell them or overcharge them when we got to figure out their needs and wants. And that's all that, that we got to set up. No bells and whistles, basically what they need and want.
0: So. Absolutely. So let's tie together with your background as a business owner. Now, with your goal of helping out with the CNPP program to other business owners, what type of challenges or barriers do you feel exists in the market that we can help solve?
1: See, at first a lot of the the barriers that I had when I talked about a lot of the clients about the CMPV program was it was prideful. Like, number one, like, why are you trying to help me now? Why didn't mm-hmm. you help me in the past? Cause I mean, any pilot program, they're like, What is this? So they think it's kind of like a gimmick. A lot of the people when I spoke about your company in the the donut presentation with Mr. Yep. Kim, they thought I was making commission on them. So that, that's why they held back. And I'm like, I don't make no commission. I'm here to help you guys because they help me. So that's why I'm trying to spread the word and help you guys as well, too, just because. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's a little bit prideful. A lot of people think, uh, why are you trying to help me now? So it's taken a little bit more to market. But then once I step my foot in more and more and more and talk to them every day, you know, they feel like, okay, someone's actually trying to help me. So
0: that's a great point. I have to completely agree with that because in my days going door to door, trying to help business after business, they're always very skeptical. I think minorities, immigrants are always skeptical. They're like, what is this about? It's like, oh, we're doing this in collaboration with the Small Business Administration. Nobody's ever tried to look out for me. Why are you all of a sudden trying to help me? And it's like, this was years of preparation. This was years of development. This was application with the US government. This was them performing due diligence on multiple of our spoke organizations and saying, you guys are cleared to go, and we really just want to reach out and help all of our viewers, the friends of the viewers, and in general, anybody that needs help in all the 50 states Correct. Of, of the U.S. So what other challenges are you experiencing out there? Because the skepticism is just one of them. The skepticism, and that's a big one.
1: Correct. I mean, you can't hide that anybody's skeptical, no matter what When you try to give them. When you say free anything, they're like, what are you trying to do? So that and then, you know, just try to get people to go look at the websites. If you think that we are false, come look mm-hmm. at our website. I mean, there's it's backed by the SBA. So I'm pretty sure you're aware of them, small business administrators. So we have to, have to reiterate that kind of stuff with them. I'm getting better and better now. So I don't have too many struggles in the beginning. I had struggles, but nowadays, you know, I just get to the point with them. I'm like, if you want want help, I'm here to help you. If not, then I can go on to the next one. Just keep it real blunt with them. That's how they do in Texas. You got to do it like that. You have to be blunt. You got to shoot straight. You got to tell that you're not selling. I'm here to help not sell you because I don't get paid for this. You know, I'm here to help you. That's what makes me happy about it, too. They got to realize that's my payment.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that just from personal experience, I noticed that once we say free, they get might even get more skeptical. I've been advised by multiple parties of, the US PAC, as well as the SBA, that it might be a better idea to simply say, hey, the government is reimbursing us for our time, but we are volunteering. Instead of doing our day job, we are volunteering to work to help you and give you options, let you know what chances, what opportunities there are out there for funding, let you know that there's things that, like the PPP program, things like the existence of the ERTC program out there. And I think that's tracked a little better. I also think just letting them know that all these programs come at no cost to them, that's a a little more eye-opening. Once you're upfront about the dynamics and you say that, hey, everybody that is reaching out representing the community navigator pilot program has gotten some grant money. They're being pushed and they've already committed to the US government for performing, I think that tracks a little better. We've been Correct. utilizing that narrative a little better. Now, I have to assume, John, that you're out there going door to door, business to business, and you're like, hey, I'm here to help you. If you don't believe me, I can move on to 800 other businesses in Correct. this month. Correct. What about the positive interactions? Can you share some of the positive interactions that you've had?
1: I recently just joined a chamber out here in a DFW. It's the Northeast Tarrant Chamber of Commerce. So they're a pretty good sized chamber filled with about six cities. So I actually got into that group. They invited me to the group, invited me to the diplomat meeting and stuff like that. But I'm not a diplomat because they liked what I was doing, offering, you know, the programs okay. I was doing. So that's why I got my foot in the door with that, joined the chamber. So I'm going to spread more of the word just because it was the holiday season last year. And then this year, everybody's getting their New Year's resolutions, I guess. But. That'll start changing. So that's a positive impact. So I'm going to talk to a good amount of business owners everywhere around DFW right now. So I'll be pretty busy with that. Another positive thing, I met with the mayor of Haltam City, which is a city out here. He's the first Vietnamese mayor. Really? So first one. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. I met him twice at the chamber event. So I'm going to meet with him hopefully sometime this month.
0: To talk to okay. him more
1: about the program. So I'm pretty sure he's going to open a lot of doors with that just because he's the mayor. So
0: Wonderful, wonderful. You might not be a diplomat, so to speak, but you are an ambassador for the Community Correct. Navigator Pilot Program, right? Yes, sir. You do have to put on your diplomacy hat for that. Correct. Um, what about if you've been out there interacting with individual small business owners? Do you have any recollection of any experiences? Well, any you, uh, Like a success story, kind of? Something like that, similar, yep. I
1: have my parents' friend, his name is Danny Kim. He Mm -hmm. owns Danny King Donuts. It's in Midlothian, Texas. Okay. So he opened up the third and fourth quarter of COVID, which in 2021, which was kind of a rough start for him because his neighborhood's predominantly, I think it's white. There's no Asians at all. So he's probably the first Asian out there. So to get his business started, trying to market with no funds and stuff like that, was a little bit tough. So he heard about all the funds, like the PPP and the ERC and the CPA wouldn't help him with none of that. So really? the CPA wow. told him, basically, you don't qualify for one penny. Oh my so God. that's why when I spoke with him, I was like, when I spoke to a CPA, I was like, hey, I mean, he does qualify. Congress amended the ERTC three times, which a lot of people aren't aware of. Mm-hmm. So what you thought was right in the beginning was false now. So I actually you know, helped him out. He got around $8,000, which he was so happy about because the CPA wouldn't even help him out. It opened his eyes to figure out, should I get a new CPA? So... <laughs> He asked me since I helped him with that situation, he's asked me about the credit card processing. So I talked to Tuan. So I'm in the process of working with a deal with uh, yeah, oh, yes, our yes,
0: right? Vietnamese manager in Houston, right? Uh,
1: Universal, great, So I'm working with him and he got all the facts over with the side by side graph of what he's currently paying now and the new current price with UP. Definitely, Definitely. a no brainer. So he's going to switch over. I guess Tuan said that y'all have a Korean speaking agent that's going to come to Dallas.
0: Yep,
1: once he's here, then. He'll set them all up, and I want to introduce him to the Donut Association president as well, too. So,
0: great, great, it's much appreciated. Hey, I just want to say that Mr. John Yi is not a paid actor. You're plugging Universal Processing <laughs> Plenty, and I just, yeah, I'm blushing here. I'm blushing here. <laughs> this is not set up or anything, but I guess we do work closely together. You've correct, met correct various members of our middle management. We've collaborated on multiple opportunities to help out small businesses. And that's just amazing. As a matter of fact, I guess you didn't feel comfortable sharing it, but as the founder of my business, I do want to say that um, John has helped us out with the ERC program. And I'm very proud to say that after all the review, after all the due diligence, he found us literally a seven-figure refund with the ERTC. And just to let you know that the deal was completely legit. We even argued over the uh, commission payment or the the fee payment, and then we ended up settling on a number that we could both live with. But even when we did so, John was our advocate, went back to the owners of the business and tried to fight for us because as an Asian American immigrant, every single penny counts. 100%. Every percentage point counts. You did a great job there as well, and our CFO Nana in Manhattan. She says it was a great experience working with you. That's one of the many services that you provide. And just by knowing you, we have an advocate for us to help find some of that government money that is out there and that every, forget about just Asian Americans or forget about just minority owned businesses or underserved businesses, every business owner, every entrepreneur should be out there pushing to get a piece of that pie because you deserve it. It's a refund because if you were hurt by the pandemic, if your business metrics were hurt, then you qualify. Sadly, a lot of people don't try hard enough or their immediate network of vendors don't bother. They're swamped. It's not that they're bad people. Maybe they're already working eight hours a day, five or six days a week, and they don't want To or they don't have the bandwidth to reach out to their existing customers. So that's why there are individuals like John that are out there always pushing, always trying to help the business owners around them. Before we move on, John, do you have anything to say about that or any other success stories, any other memories that that resonate?
1: That's it it for now, but there'll be more in the future. So,
0: (laughs) okay, wonderful, wonderful. So let's move on. I just wanted to ask, John, do you have? Any specific advice for Asian-Americans doing business in the U.S. or looking to start a business in the U.S.? Well, the good thing
1: now, since we have the CMPP program, it's easy to tell people now. But back in the past, it's a little bit difficult because you could say a lot of things, but you know how talk is cheap. But now yeah. we can actually have tangible stuff. That we can actually help them out with loans, grants, credit card machines, digital marketing, legal services, business startup. There's so much that we can do now. So any Asian American business owner, it's tough. You know what I'm saying? It's a journey. Like you went through a journey too. You told me your backstory when COVID happened, you're the only one sitting in an office. So that's dedication and love for your company and for the people that you had working for you because you wanted to keep every single one of them. So Absolutely. And
0: love for the community. We, correct. I made sure my own family was safe. Then I made sure my greater family, the members of Universal Processing, were safe nationwide. And then we started knocking on the hospitals and the clinic stores to make sure that the doctors were safe to keep America safe. I don't at all want to take credit for CMPP, but that's probably one of the things that got us recognized as a candidate to be a national spoke for US PAC. I'm proud to continue that mission. But what other advice, what other challenges? Give us a morsel of that experience of owning, operating, and founding multiple donut shops. Uh, for you? What other insights can you provide to the viewers that are already operating their businesses or are looking to get into business?
1: Because we already know failure is part of success as well, too. That's what I always tell people, if you feel like you failed, don't think that you're going to shut down. Just get back up and fight because that's, that's part of any kind of business. It doesn't matter who you are, what race, what color. We all bleed red. You just got to mm-hmm. work hard. You know what I'm saying? So that's the whole thing with dedication. A lot of people can say it, but a lot of people can't do it. Having companies too, I've noticed with a lot of people, you got to be part of your company, especially if you're going to open it for the first five years, you got to be dedicated hundred percent. And I see a lot of people that start businesses. They try to hire everybody to do everything for them. Their marketing their front office. I don't know what they're doing. They're, they're managing and you can't do that. So I tell people, if you always want to start a business, you have to be the bottom foot too. You have to be the janitor, the cashier, the cook. You have to learn everything from A to Z because if something happens, you got to know your business. And don't be like the people that just want to do just the managing part. Because everybody thinks when they own a business, I'm going to hire people. I'm going to do this, this. I'm not going to do that. can't do that. You're not going to be successful. You might be successful, but it's like winning a lottery ticket. The only way to be successful is, like I said, you have to start from the bottom. That's why I tell any of my friends, anybody that's asked for advice, Mm -hmm. what I did is I started from the bottom to work my way up to the top. Like I even did door-to-door. I was not the door-to-door type. Texas boy that moved to the East Coast selling TV, internet, and phone that people that couldn't touch, see or hear what I was trying to sell. Yep. So I just tell people that's part of it. You got to have a journey. You got to have goals. And if you don't have goals, you're not going to go nowhere. So there's no target. So those are the main things you got to have. You got to have dedication. You got to have goals and you got to be able to ride
0: that roller coaster. That's amazing. Wow. I just have to say that I agree with you about everything that you said, especially handling every single role from being the cook to the janitor. You sometimes have to be the lawyer for your own business because you got to do research because as immigrants, you can't just go hire a uh, black tie firm on retainer. You've got to do some research yourself and say, okay, let me get familiarized with this. This is the challenge. You have to be your own accountant for certain short spurts just to do some research and say, what type of accountant do I need to engage for this problem? Or what type of insurance am I missing that I need to buy just in case? So- you're absolutely right. And even my experience, I started in payment processing in 1997. And these past three years, everybody's like, oh, you're so successful. Oh, wow. What what happened? Did somebody like, you know, tap you on the shoulder and uh, give you a shot and, you know, give you an opportunity? And I'm like, yeah, somebody did tap me on the shoulder. Somebody tapped me on the shoulder in 1997. And they made me the janitor. I was cleaning the floor at the office, vacuuming the carpet and my day job after that was going out store to store to store, not even knocking on doors. I was least significant piece. I was the guy delivering Mm. credit card machines, delivering terminals and training people on how to operate them. I didn't even get to get on the phone calls because (laughs) they felt I was unqualified. I had to do that to getting on the phones to actually meeting clients. It was two or three years before I was even allowed or trusted to meet a client because I was young. Yeah. That's that whole process. And I'm trying to explain. It's like it's a 27-year journey, 26, 27-year journey. And they're like, oh, well, who wants to do that? Who's got time to do that, right? You know, they want to know how to get that Bugatti that they saw on YouTube shorts or Instagram, right? And it's like, no, no, it's first of all, that's all fake. That's not how things work. It's not join my seminar for $50 a month or for five payments of $299.99. You're going to be rich like (laughs) me. right? Nothing like that. It's literally just grinding it out. It's having an idea. It's understanding that this is going to be the purpose of my business. My purpose is going to be that I'm going to fulfill a need. There needs to be a need in society, and I'm here to fill it. I'm here to provide that need, solve these problems for our customer base that nobody else is solving. 100%.
1: And that's why I tell people, if you want success, like microwave success, then you're in the wrong business. It's a slow
0: cooker success. It's going to take time. Slow cooker. Pressure so, cooker. The pressure, pressure needs cooker. to build up. Exactly. And the temperature's from zero <laughs> all the way to boiling. 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. John, just curious. Do you have any office hours or could you let the viewers and yeah, so, you mean, know your local people know how to reach you? You can call me
1: anytime. My phone number is 817 939. 0307. If I don't answer, always leave a voicemail, leave a text and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Always. So
0: wonderful. wonderful.
1: Also, if they want to meet me in Dallas, we can meet at the law office of one young Kim out in
0: Dallas. So law offices of one young Kim. Okay. And do you have certain office hours that you set aside weekly to meet That, that?
1: I can go to this office anytime I want. So that's why if they want to schedule a time to meet out there, we can, or usually if they're in Fort Worth, I meet them in Fort Worth. So
0: okay so I'm you can actually go meet the business owners. correct
1: so a lot of the time i actually met the business owners i'll go drive to them so
0: and i'm guessing because of your location you prefer to be within the state of texas preferably correct. Correct. somewhere near the dallas fort worth area correct right?
1: dallas fort worth is pretty huge so because we do have one more spoke that recently joined it's acc which they're in houston now so i'm collaborating with them to try to get them on their feet
0: to help a lot of the businesses out there in houston now so okay Wonderful. Collaborating with other spokes, right? Mm-hmm. So we can have to create this nationwide network.
1: Teamwork makes the dream work. That's why I said to everybody, and that's our big motto, because it's the best way to work. Because if you
0: work as a team, you get things done efficient
1: and fast and correct. So
0: wonderful, wonderful. So, uh, John, thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. Uh, it's always great to connect with other leaders that are supporting the underserved community. Just remember, everybody, that the Community Navigator Pilot Program and each of its spokes are out here trying to provide the right knowledge, the right connections, and the right programs to help the small businesses nationwide. Thank you to our audience for tuning in to yet again, another hopefully good episode (laughs) of Navigating Business. And hope you guys can uh, join us next time. Remember that Navigating Business is brought to you by the U.S. Pan Asian American Chamber of Commerce through the CNPP or Community Navigator Pilot Program in conjunction with the U.S. Small Business Administration. Again, John, thank you so much. Any Always last words audience? You. Always a pleasure. All right, wonderful, wonderful. Thanks again. Thanks for tuning in, and hopefully, we can see you on a future episode. Appreciate awesome. it again, man. Awesome. All we'll right. Have a good one. Yep. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Take care now.